This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. From the WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. The app. I appreciate the question. Um, I can rule out Theo Epstein um, as a candidate for uh, one of these two positions. I know there's there's speculation, there's professional history, there's an even longer personal history, um, but I can rule Theo Epstein out as a candidate for um, for uh, uh, one of these positions. Well, he's not the chief baseball officer. He's not the GM, but he is back. Theo Epstein back with the Boston Red Sox in what I felt was a shocking email in my inbox this morning. I like triple Reddit, Mego. I'm like, is there, are there more Theo Epsteins I don't know about? The, the Theo Epstein is back with the Red Sox? Shocking. I was, I was flabbergasted. Flabbergasted. I was. I mean, meanwhile, you know, I don't want to I don't want to throw around the L word like Sam Kennedy did. But, you know, when you're accusing people of being liars and then saying Theo's not going to be back. <laughs> the next thing you know, Theo's back. Henry Rollins. Liar. Liar. So he's back in Boston. Uh, I get the email today. Theo Epstein to join FSG Ownership, appointed senior advisor. Fenway Sports Group, FSG, a global sports marketing, media, entertainment, and real estate company. Don't forget the real estate, Fenway Corners. Today announced that Theo, a three-time World Series champ, will be joining FSG's ownership group, subject to customary league approvals, and has been appointed the role of senior advisor to the company, which owns the Boston Red Sox, Liverpool FC, the Pittsburgh Penguins, RFK Racing, and Boston Common Golf. In this strategic position, Epstein will advise FSG owners John Henry, Tom Warner, Mike Gordon, and Sam Kennedy on the company's sporting operations across the portfolio and consult on strategic growth and investment initiatives. Now, we can get into some quotes and, and things here, but I'm excited about that. Like, for the first time in a while, I'm excited about something the Red Sox are doing. And he makes it clear in my role, I will not be making decisions. I'm going to be the one asking questions and offering opinions and building trust and blah, blah, blah. Are the questions like, why aren't you going and getting a major league Why pitcher? are you so cheap? Why don't you like your baseball team anymore? Hopefully those are the questions that get asked. And I think, Theo, I would agree with John Tomazby. He's been tweeting about this. He wrote about this. How NBC- do you feel if I told you you suck? At NBC Sports Boston, I agree with Tomazzi. Like, he has a chance to break through. He has a chance to get a hold of John Henry and shake him awake. And John Henry needs to be shaken awake because he has been living in this dream world where he can spend a fraction of the money and still get people to care and follow this team and want to invest in this team. And they don't. Maybe Cubs fans do and Mets fans do and everybody. Not Red Sox fans. Dodgers fans will, as we learned last year. Not Red Sox fans. So how do you shake him awake? How do you get his attention? Hopefully it's Theo. I've been begging for this for like five years. I've wanted him to come back. I assumed in a GM role, but I've been begging for Theo to come back. So I'm legitimately excited. It's the first time 
I've liked something the Red Sox have done, and I don't even know how long. I'd say I'm cautiously optimistic that this is Fenway Sports Group waving like a small white flag to everybody that they most recently have been calling liars and acknowledging that they don't really understand the market at this time, that they've drastically underestimated what it took to get Yamamoto. Maybe they're starting to worry that they're also overestimating this young core that they think that they're going to build the next generation, the next era of championships on. And so maybe this is the first step in reaching out to Theo and bringing him back into the family to say, you know what, we thought that doing it this way was the right way to rebuild and get ourselves back to where we've been. And maybe it was the smart business way because you saw what the Diamondbacks did and what the Nats did. But actually, it seems like it's really not working for us and we need a big baseball brain in the room. And so we're going to him. We're bringing him back in. And so for that reason, I'm cautiously optimistic. I would just say, like, I also think a big part of it is that I don't see Theo as a chump. And I don't see him as somebody who's going to be used as a pawn. And so if you think it's just a PR move, Theo Epstein's only 50 years old. He's far from a point in his career where I think he'd want to sit there and just be a figurehead. But maybe I'm misreading it myself. Yeah, look, you can never rule out PR with the Red Sox. And I know Arkham wants to go there, so we'll let him scratch that itch in a moment. But Theo's been successful everywhere he's gone. Everywhere he's been. He won multiple World Series with the Red Sox. He won a World Series with the Cubs. He's helped to fix baseball the last few years in the commissioner's office, adding a pitch clock, bigger bases, encouraging more action on the baseball field. Like I think all those things have helped. I think Theo's been successful in everything he's done. So could it be PR? Could it be spin? Could it just be the Red Sox know they're down so bad that they need some positive press? Sure. But I don't get why that's a bad thing. And I hope that Theo can get John Henry's ear because Sam Kennedy can't and Tom Werner can't or doesn't want to. No one else can. So maybe Theo can. It's the first thing I've liked, Arkan, but you're more pessimistic than than even me. Yeah, I'm skeptical about all this. It seems like uh, it seems like on its face, like, okay, great. Theo Epstein's coming in. Remember what he did in Chicago? Remember what he did here in Boston? It's going to be great. He's going to be able to fix the team. But. I don't know. I just, like if they're not spending, then who cares if Theo Epstein's here? What's he going to be the next guy to try and come in and figure out a way to you know d- cut all these corners what if and he's not the spend guy, any money? What if he's the guy that tells John Henry he's got to spend? Like what if he's the guy that wakes John? Uh, when so I John say Henry has to hire Theo Epstein to tell him to spend. That doesn't make any sense. Like I just don't think that that's that well, that's about, the reason why they're bringing him in. What about what I said that they, they need to hire him to tell John Henry to spend? So out of yeah. step with the market that they thought that Yamamoto was going to be two fifty and he almost got up to three. Do you think he's going to spend? on his own no okay i don't think theo epstein's going to convince him either i don't think you hire somebody to tell you to do something that you don't want to do if you don't want to do it he's still the owner of the team let me okay but what about theo epstein back in the day being accusing them of just wanting to what was it feed the machine and so maybe epstein was an employee back then now he's a part owner i'm saying maybe they're looking for his perspective of how do we do this the smart way because we thought we were doing it the smart way the way that we saw other franchises doing it and we weren't having success yeah now this is a different way now look theo and tamazi writes about this the irony is theo was the one that was fighting the monster back then fighting feeding the monster sorry that's what we used to say in lifting in college is feed the machine (laughs) so uh Tamazi highlights a bunch of examples, Arkand, of Theo persuading John Henry. So don't say he won't listen to him. Kurt Schilling, Daisuke Matsuzaka, Carl Crawford. Not all those worked, <laughs> but those were Henry getting out of his comfort zone and overspending. 
So there's a case to be made that Theo can get his ear. It might be PR. I'm not ruling out that it's PR. And the Red Sox, at bare minimum, are getting a PR bump, and that's good for them in the meantime. If that's all it is, we'll call it. If they don't change their ways, we'll call it. But I have hope this is this will get the Red Sox to change their ways. I, I'm with Mego. I hope it does too. Don't I'm with get me Mego. wrong. I don't think I don't think that Theo comes on board and leaves a successful role in the commissioner's office. Or maybe he's on track to be the next commissioner. And maybe he's on track to be the next owner here, which is a whole other thing. Maybe he's the one that's going to shove John Henry out the door. Forget shaking him awake. Maybe he's the one who will replace John Henry with this franchise, which would be great. Yeah, that is a little bit of wish casting from you. I don't think so. I think he wants to be an owner or be commissioner. I think he's. I think that's what else does he have left to do? It's not be a GM of another team. No. So what else does he have left to do? So Ownership. to me, right. And maybe Successful it, band. Maybe it's here and maybe this is the beginning of it. Or maybe it's shaking John Henry awake or whatever. But like this team needs something like this. And if they don't change their ways, then we'll look back in a year or two and I'll call myself an idiot. But at least, at least they're bringing back someone who I don't think would come here just as a figurehead, as Mego said, or leave a successful role in the commissioner's office to just be John Henry's prop. Maybe not, but he also is already an operating partner for this private equity group that has a stake in Fenway Sports Group to begin with. So it's not like he was a million miles away and they never had his ear and they never had, you know, he never had any sort of say in anything. Like he was part of a group that is staked in this company. So he was around. He's been around. I, lo- I would love it if they started doing things the way they used to. I really would. But they've had five, six years since Dombrowski left to make an effort to do that and I just don't I don't see any sort of need I don't see any urgency I don't see any desire and by the way you know this is the only move they've made all offseason they haven't signed any players like this doesn't good until they start actually rather, doing something and in, in, uh, upgrading the team then get bringing Theo Epstein in I as disagree. a, as a nope. the latest guy to put lipstick on this pig is nope. not not impressive nope. to me nope. Nope. you're nope. just in nope. love with Epstein nope. from 2004 I am I, I am but he's he's been successful everywhere he's gone and so I'd rather have Theo than Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell. I don't know about that. I would, because Theo represents a big change. Like, throwing some money at Jordan Montgomery to go from being a last place team. It's where you're coming from. You think he does. Arkan thinks that he's just a, this is a publicity stunt, essentially. That he was already involved with Fenway Sports He was. And this isn't a real promotion towards action. It's It's, a promotion on paper so you can put out a press release. It's a clear promotion. He's part of ownership now. Before he was an advisor to the organization. So I'll read the line in the press release Arkan is referencing. In addition to his part-time position with FSG, Epstein will continue his role as operating partner for Arctos Partners, a leading private uh, equity platform and member of FSG's ownership group since 2020. So he's breaking out from that. And to me, if this is just a continuation of the same role, then I'll be wrong. But I'd way rather have Theo working for this team than Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell or, you know, some of these other free agents. If Theo's here, then you would think he'd be going after those guys, right? So, I mean... Get the players. Like that's what I. I don't. I don't need yeah, Theo but, to come and get these players. Okay. I'd like for the team I don't, to just do it. I don't think they're going to do it this off season. Like I, I think that's done. That's done. That's over with. So what do they do going forward? I believe in it. I like Theo on board. I think it's the right move. Here's our big question of the day: Do you think Theo can save the Red Sox? Because they need saving, and maybe he could be the future owner here, or you know maybe this is a, a stepping stone to get uh, a bigger piece of the pie within the Fenway Sports Group or more of the ear of John Henry, or again, maybe just shove his ears right out the door, which I'd be on board with. Can Theo Epstein save the Red Sox? 617-779-7937. I want you in early and often today because there's a lot to get to on the show. We'll start Red Sox. I think the Theo news is the biggest news in Boston. However, Alex Van Pelt, we reacted to it late in the show yesterday. We have more thoughts on that hire for the Patriots, as I like to call it, Plan Z. 
Where's Steve Belichick going? Doesn't sound like he's staying with the Patriots. On top of that, Caleb Williams doesn't want to go to the Bears should the Patriots get in. Those are all our Patriots items today. The Celtics choked against the Lakers without LeBron, without Anthony Davis. LeBron may be on the move. The players may be tuning out. Joe Mazzulla will get to the Celtics as well. Plus, we have triple play 445, Meg Splaining 530, and Bet Roulette at 545. We'll get to your feedback here. Can Theo Epstein save the Boston Red Sox? I think he can. I feel pretty good about this move today. How do you guys feel? We'll get to it right after Trending with Art. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Adam Jones. Ah, yeah! What if a bear did cocaine? Megan Adelini. This is some sh- Christian Arcan. Hey, Adams has a boost that I kind of like. This is Jones and Mecco with Arcan on WEEI. In October of 2021, there was not one bit of discussion around lack of focus. Uh, there was no discussion of Liverpool or investment in other areas. You know why? Fenway Park was freaking electric. I've never felt Fenway Park the way it felt for that one-game playoff against the Yankees when Xander took Garrett Cole deep. The place almost came down. Why? We were winning baseball games. We're playing in October. When we have two sucky seasons like we've had, these are natural questions. We have to take them. But I can tell you, as a kid who grew up less than a mile from Fenway Park, if you think for one second that we aren't passionate, committed, dedicated to the Boston Red Sox, you're wrong, you're a liar, and I'll correct you on it. Because it's total BS, and we are committed. I'm not ready to say you're totally committed. Sam Kennedy at Winter Weekend. But I'll tell you what, for the first time I like something the Red Sox have done. It's a low bar, I'll admit it. I couldn't tell you the last time I liked something they did. And I'll maintain what I said in the opening segment. I would rather have Theo Epstein than Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell or someone like that. I I would want Otani or Yamamoto, like a real premium free agent. But some of these other guys who are just run-of-the-mill guys, you know, uh, who were they? Who were uh, Merloni and Gresh talking about today? Bringing back J.D. Martinez? Jordan Montgomery, yeah. Rather have Theo. I'd rather have Theo. So we ask you, big question of the day, up now, at Jones and Mego. You can vote there. You can dial us up, 617-779-7937. Can Theo Epstein save the Red Sox? I'm in the minority. 42% say yes, 58% say no. So people are skeptical. I get it. Makes sense to be skeptical of John Henry and the Fenway Sports Group and this ownership group. They're not spending. Uh, Kennedy... And Theo Epstein are tight. Theo's been advising, uh, just by reading the press release, Theo's been advising the Red Sox since 2020. Well, that doesn't exactly inspire confidence. No, I'm saying these are reasons to be skeptical. But if Theo now, Theo's now a known part of the organization, right? It's out there. They're making a big dog and pony show about it. Maybe it's all fake. But I'm with you, Mego. I don't, I don't think, like Theo Epstein should be conscious and protective of his legacy. And his legacy is, I won two World Series in Boston. Then I won and ended a drought in Chicago. Then I went to the commissioner's office and fixed baseball. Now he's going to be some prop for John Henry? I don't think so. So I think he's here to really try, maybe John Henry won't listen, try and make a difference. So can he get John Henry's ear on spending? And that doesn't mean, uh, John, I think our payroll should be $300 million this year. 
but on a specific targeted player. This guy is worth it, John. And is Henry going to listen? Or, you know, I see the text line, 37937. It's not just about spending. Trade some of these prospects for impact yeah. players at the How big about league this level. This guy isn't going to be it. So, like, I don't know that Theo's going to be like, hey, John Henry, double your payroll. But on targeted, specific examples, I think there's a chance he can make a difference. And again, what would you rather have them do? Just keep doing what they've been doing, circling the toilet? This potentially represents change. And it's the first thing I've even kind of liked that they've done in the last few years. I think we're on the same page with this. I'm not as strong on it as you are, probably just because I don't have the same emotional attachment to Theo that you have. But I do think that it signals that they're looking for a change or FSG is at least admitting that what they've been doing the last several years isn't working out the way that they planned it to, which is great in my book because if the way that I've been watching it, following it, has me assuming that this is what they wanted it to be. They want it to be a middling team that has the Fenway experience, that has people from all over coming to the park because it's a tourist destination, and it's not hurting the bottom line. The bottom line is healthy. Who really cares about the baseball team? They'll be in the playoffs every three years or so, but they don't need to go out and battle for championships anymore. And that's really up until today how I felt like they were tackling this for at least the next several years. So maybe this just signals that they're now taking a different step. I hope. I mean, look, Arkan, you might be right. It might all be PR. Yeah, you can't rule it out with this ownership group. Can I also just say one other thing? You're right. That Theo, when he was here, did convince John Henry to do certain things. But who did John Henry ultimately end up siding with in the Theo Epstein, Larry Lucchino, Lucchino butting of heads that happened all those times? And what happened after that? Theo Epstein went to Chicago. He won a World Series in 2011. And then two years later, the Red Sox won a World Series without Theo Epstein. So it's not like John Henry never saw any sort of success without Theo Epstein, and he's got to bring him back because that's the only way to win like they won two without him they I don't think that he's just going to be able to walk in and say all right John listen to me you got to do what I say I don't I don't see that happening John sided against him before I'd give him more 2018 than 2013 2013 a lot of his guys was like yeah and it was also kind of fluky it was unexpected yeah and it was I think one of the ones that mean more than any of the others because of what the city was going through not sitting here ranking world series but I I understand, like 2018, they had the highest payroll in baseball. So maybe this is a way of John Henry looking at the situation and going, well, it was easier for me from a business perspective to win with Theo back then. So I'm going to bring him back in in that sense. Yeah. 2013. And look, Ben Sherrington made some good signings, Victorino and Napoli and guys like that. But Pablo that, Sandoval. The core, the <laughs> core of that team was still Epstein's doing. 2018, though, you're right. But I, I said this in real time. When... John Henry sided with Larry Lucchino. I thought it was the worst decision John Henry ever made. And I maintain that. You're right. They've won a couple more World Series, but he's also won without them. And I think what he did was a lot more impressive. (laughs) Ending the curse here in 2004 and then going to Chicago and, you know, doing it at the commissioner's level as well. So, look, maybe he's just a prop and maybe it's just for show and I'll yell about it in a year. If the Red Sox don't change their ways, I'll yell about it in a year. But in the meantime, I like this and there's some hope with this decision. So how do you guys feel about it? Can Theo Epstein save the Red Sox? 617-779-7937. I promised some quotes from the press release. Uh, Let's get into these because these aren't great. Uh, There's no question Theo left an indelible mark on our history that represented, uh, represented rather, a transformative era, said Fenway Sports Group principal owner John Henry, welcoming him as a member of our ownership group and in the role of senior advisor to the broader company brings with it a sense of completion. Gross. 
With his strategic mind, leadership, and unwavering passion for sports, Theo brings invaluable assets that will drive us forward across our diverse enterprises, especially in our sporting operations across, and this is what I don't like, hockey, EPL football, and, oh yeah, that's right, baseball. We take great pride in welcoming him to the FSG family and eagerly anticipate the insights and contributions he'll bring as we continue to build on the legacy of success he played a pivotal role in helping us shape. Theo, for his part, said, I'm thrilled and honored to return to FSG to join John, Linda, Tom, Mike. It's Mike Gordon. Can't wait to fix the bottom six forwards over there at the Penguins. <laughs> and Sam and the ownership group. And to serve in this new role, it's truly unique, uh, a truly unique opportunity for me. A chance to partner with people who mean a lot. A chance to challenge myself in new arenas, which I also don't love. And a chance to use my experience and perspective to help others succeed and win at the highest level. He also had another line that I read earlier. I will not be the one making decisions. I will be the one asking questions, offering opinions, building trust, and supporting the terrific people at FSG to help us reach new heights. So, look, I don't love every comment in there. And this may not work. But what they were doing definitely wasn't going to work. And I'm on board with Theo being back. I think he can save the Red Sox. He saved them before. He saved the Cubs. He borderline helped save baseball the last couple of years, or at least prolonged its death. So if he can do those things, I think he can save this club. All he needs to do is get John Henry's ear. Or shove John Henry out the door and take over for him. If you got eyes on owning a baseball team, why don't you own the one down the street from where you grew up? I, I know Sam Kennedy likes to talk at length about growing up just a close distance away. So maybe Theo has designs on buying out John Henry. I also don't buy that he's not making decisions. Maybe I'm being optimistic, but Craig Breslow is his friend. If you followed the reporting with Craig Breslow's hire, he Theo was the guy in the ear of John Henry and everyone else saying you should hire Craig Breslow. I think he's publicly facing trying to be nice and saying I'm not going to Bigfoot Breslow because that's his job. He's going to be making the decisions. But I would think that he, asking questions, like offering opinions, I would think that he has a heavy hand in, again, maybe I'm just being optimistic, but baseball operations. Yeah, and if you want to play it out, you know, we just talked about Rich McKay in Atlanta, right, to, to give you an example. Being in the way of Bill Belichick, and Jeff Howe wrote about that today. Arkan, you forwarded that in The Athletic, you know, the frosty relationship between McKay and Bill. Rich McKay is in this great role in Atlanta where – he has a lot of power, but none of it is attached to him. Like, this might be a way for Theo to do that and, you know, have influence, but not have any big decisions stick to him. So now he's Lucina. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. And so to you me... You grow into what you hate after all. These to years. me, there's a lot of ways this could go. It could just be a PR stunt. Red Sox are guilty of it. They do it all the effing time. So maybe I shouldn't give him the free pass. Arkan's not. Are you? Uh, furthermore, he could just be an advisor. This could just be a thing he's doing part-time. Take the press release for what it is. He's already been doing that. Or this could be a stepping stone to something bigger. A bigger role with an FSG. If FSG wants to move on from the Red Sox, maybe Theo can buy him off of him. If he can make enough money in these sales and uh, you know getting on board with FSG, whatever small percentage he owns, maybe he can buy him out in the Red Sox portion. One quick question, and maybe this is stupid and I'm missing something here. How was he advising the Red Sox when he was working for MLB? I don't know if that's a conflict of interest, but plenty of plenty of former players advise for teams and are, you know, like David Ortiz was a Red Sox advisor working for Fox. Alex Rodriguez was, you know, a talking head for Fox advising. I forget who he was. He advising the Yankees. But, I forget. But working in the commissioner's office yeah. is different. I agree. He's not the commissioner. No, I'm just wondering if that's, you know, for somebody who's making decisions at the league wide level. Well, and, it, and it sounds like 
Again, he, I, no, no, no. He, he, had, he was the operating partner for a group that was advising the Red Sox, so maybe that's... So he's an outside contractor? Yeah, maybe that's different enough. You know, it's a super PAC. And, you know, you're, it's enough distance. Okay. Like, gives you some plausible deniability, even though I would assume he had Look, direct whatever. He, it, it worked out. But, I mean, at least for MLB, I wouldn't say so much for the Red Sox if he had a heavy hand in the decisions from 2020 on. It mostly seemed to work out for MLB. I, I just w- had Arcan, a question about it. Arkan, based on his track record, do you think do you think he believes in the direction of the Red Sox the last few years? I don't think anybody possibly could. Well, John I mean, Henry does. I mean, John Henry just cares about the bottom line. I don't think he cares about the direction of the team. I think he just cares about counting the beans and making sure that you know he's turning a profit. So, and I'm worried that that's you know if he's if he's becoming an owner in an ownership group with all these other things and all these other interests across the entire company. That's all he's worried about making money. Well, no, maybe but is that is that mean he's going to focus fully on the Red Sox and making sure that they're going in the right direction or that they're profitable? You know, like that's that's what I'm worried about. Okay, that's fair. I mean, look, a lot of people want to make money. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's what Theo wants to do, then that's what Theo wants to do. Like, well, I feel like Theo's here to stop the fans from boycotting. <laughs> like, you know, like that's probably part of it. Well, not, and I got news so for you. I don't think that's going to be enough. People it's not working. People show up at truck day with pitchforks. <laughs> it's not working. You know, 56%, 57% say no. Theo Epstein can't save the Red Sox. Well, so maybe I, they didn't hear that uh, the Red Sox acquired Tyler Heineman from the Mets <laughs> for cash considerations. First big morning. move. <laughs> that is the first big move. If it's just a PR stunt, I don't think it's working. So hopefully there's more to it than that, because I don't think Red Sox fans are, are buying it if it's a PR stunt. I'm buying it, uh, so call me crazy. Uh, Steve is in the car on Theo. Go ahead, Steve. How you doing, guys? We're doing well. Girls? Good. I don't think it's a stunt. I think that uh, John Henry is smart enough, a businessman and a money man, to know that Theo can fix the team. He did it before. He did it for the Cubs. The kid is a young genius. And there's no question about it. And if anyone can fix it, he can. So that's kind of how I feel. Like not to get not to give him like too much credit, but the guy the guy hasn't really had many mess, uh, missteps in his career. Look, I'm inspired by your unwavering faith. He really hasn't. I like it. I like this side of you. I, I'm not kidding. Positive I think Jones. it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know what's wrong with Arcan. Something crawled up his butt and died, and now we all have to smell it in the studio because the smell has come back. It's not it cannot be ignored. I uh, normally that I, smelled like that in there before I walked in. All right, normally, story. normally, I think you three, all three of you, we we can be Mego, very sensitive. Arcan and Ryan, I think you make way too much of the smells in here, but but today it's I texted it's a Fourier funky. and I was like, "What did you guys do in here? It smells <laughs> so bad." Quick aside, and he texted back nothing. Go eat yourself a big ham. He said he actually took a shower today. I said, did the mouse... Took something in there. (laughs) He said, said, today, absolutely nothing. Maybe it's just our body odor. I actually took a shower this morning. I said, Foyer, it smells so bad. Do you think the mouse died in here? I don't think our listeners know about this mouse. I'm not sure that they know about the mouse that's been uh, roaming the halls here. It's our pet. It's our EEI pet. I know there's a lot of people out there. There's not a a lot of hardos. Not a dead mouse. That's not what I'm smelling. Uh, Fievel stole alive. John Tamazi. I named him by the way. Wrote at NBC Sports Boston. Uh, Epstein's return creates the possibility of relevance again. Because more than anyone in ownership or baseball operations, Epstein possesses the power to move John Henry. Epstein's impact may not be felt immediately. And this is what I think a lot of people are missing. And Arkan, you might be in this group. I don't think Theo's coming in and they're, they're dropping a bunch of money between now and the start of the year. Okay, but why not? Well, they, I mean, they could. I just, I don't think it's going to happen overnight. I don't think Theo Epstein comes in and he's like, again, John Henry, double your payroll. But can he do it on a targeted guy if he starts planting seeds now for next offseason? Or like, hey, John, we should be watching this player. And then he becomes available 
Like, I think it's a longer play. Okay, but then that just sort of goes back. Like, you need Theo to tell you to go after Shoei Otani? Yes. You know, why? You don't know that on your own? You need Theo no. to tell you that? That's Arcan, ridiculous. Arcan, do you think John Henry knows it on his Shoei own? Shoei Otani's the biggest star in the entire sport. They should know to go after him. Okay, well, they don't. I, well, they didn't, and I don't think Theo's going to make a difference Okay, well, he might not, but don't tell me they know. They don't know. They don't they know. They know who Shoei Otani is. No, but they don't know that they should be in? I think they, they do. No, they don't. They weren't in. Because they don't care to be because they don't want to spend the money. Okay. Theo Epstein's not going to change that. Well, I think he can. Epstein's impact may not be felt immediately. It's unlikely he'll suddenly convince Henry to sign left-hander Jordan Montgomery, for instance. But over the long term, I wouldn't bet against his sheer force or will to make Henry see that betting solely on prospects will cost him too much in the short term with no guarantee of a long-term payoff. He's talking to you, Arkin. Epstein has a long history of convincing Henry to leave his comfort zone. Whether it's trading for Kurt Schilling, winning the bidding for Daisuke Matsuzaka, not as good, or signing Carl Crawford. His Red Sox teams demonstrated the value of always being in the mix with a 10-year sellout streak at Fenway Park, uh, record Nesson ratings, and a place at the center of the sporting conversation. We're going to the sellout streak? The sellout streak was fake. I was just going to say the same thing. (laughs) The ratings are real. Selling out the building, which they still technically do, but they used to do it with, you know, Red Sox fans. That, to me, is real. And getting John Henry out of his comfort zone to sign players he didn't want. You know, Kurt Schilling's a great one. Daisuke, not as good. Carl Crawford, not as good. I hope Henry doesn't hold those against him. But he got out of his comfort zone to do it. Even when Epstein left on bitter terms in 2011, fans held out hope that one day he'd return, potentially as part of ownership. Now that day is here. And suddenly it's exciting to ponder what he might do for an encore. Like, I'm happy Theo's here. I've been, I have been begging for this for years. We talked about it. The Sam Kennedy clip we played off the top when he's like, yeah, 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 he's not going to be back in any of these roles, meaning chief baseball. This is better than chief baseball officer. This is an ear directly to ownership or a line directly to ownership. I don't only feel like it's better than chief baseball officer if we find out that he is in like the heir apparent of taking over Fenway Sports Group and actually running it. Yeah, or he's pulling the strings of Craig Breslow, which I think is very realistic. Well, like, then just give him that job and kick, sorry, Craig Breslow. I don't think Craig yeah, Breslow, Breslow deserves to okay, be like, kicked to the curb, but then just give that to Theo. I don't think Craig Breslow has ever done much, so I, maybe you guys are he's under an illusion. He's been job for like a couple no, months. No, but I never believe, he's no different than Hyam Bloom. He's a puppet oh. for ownership is what I mean. Yeah, so I believe that. I didn't really did Breslow believe- work for Theo? Yes. In Chicago? Yeah, yes. Did, They're right? buds. Yeah. So, like, you say, why wouldn't he take the chief baseball officer role? Because now he gets a cut of the team. Now he has a percentage of FSG. And he can still pull the strings? That sounds like a good gig. Uh, what is Lou Marloni, who was on today with Gresham Fourier? What is Lou? What's he going to do with all that junk? <laughs> what does he think that Theo <laughs> is going to be doing now that he is officially announced in a uh, well, an ownership capacity with the Red Sox? I don't think he's being brought back to advise on Liverpool or the Penguins. You know, I mean, if Kraft brought in Belichick, what's he going to do? His other company? You know what I mean? So, um, and that's honestly without the assumption of exactly what this role is. But I know how much he cares about the Boston Red Sox. And uh, I think he's going to be involved in the Red Sox issues. You know, I'm sure there'll be other things that he'll, he'll be helping them out with as well. But from the moment they hired Craig Breslow, and I think Craig Breslow, I think, can handle the job and he'll be good. But we've always wondered, where's the senior advisor? You know, you can't put a price on experience. Uh, I'm sure his head's spinning a little bit here, even just in his first offseason as the general manager or controlling guy for the organization. So I know much Theo cares about this organization. I find it hard to believe Fenway Sports Group is bringing Theo Epstein in to deal with the PGA or NASCAR. I think it is going to be an influence and advisor role for the Boston Red Sox. Okay. I hope Lou's right about that. You know, that is not... One thing I didn't like about today's press release is that was it Liverpool first? No, I forget. Whatever it was. It was uh, hockey first, then soccer. 
American football. And then, uh, or American, uh, what did he call it? Just football. No, he called it something in the press release. I'll get it. But it went, it went the Penguins, Liverpool, and then the Red Sox. I, I hope Lou's right about that. I, and you should lean on that area of expertise. Like, maybe he can learn other things about FSG if he wants and if he cares. But hopefully he's advising on the Red Sox. Uh, I'll look for the exact wording here. In the meantime, I think Anthony in New Hampshire wants to yell at me. Go ahead, Anthony. I won't yell at you, Jones. I'm just, you know, I listened to Gresh and Fourier earlier, and I think Gresh had it more spot on. And I just feel like you're kind of gaslighting everybody right now a little bit. Like, Epstein was hired by FSG. He was not brought on by specifically the Red Sox. He may have an ear, of course, but he's not here to work for the Red Sox. He's here to work for FSG. So let's stop acting like Epstein's going to come in and he's going to do things for the Red Sox, okay. whether it's this but year or you next just said, three years. You just said he might have Henry's ear. So isn't, isn't that better than Theo not having Epstein's ear? Or Henry's ear? About it entirely. Epstein's not here to save the Red Sox. Henry brought him on to help out with FSG. It's as simple as that. It's a business decision. Okay, but part of helping FSG is helping the Red Sox, is it not? I would think so. Absolutely. I don't know. I listen to Lou. I think Lou talks to a lot of people, and if he's saying that it seems like Theo is back here to deal with baseball business, I'm going to think that he's dealing with baseball business, considering that's his whole freaking background. Now look, All that junk inside your trunk. Look, the caller... Sing it, Louie. The caller isn't wrong. I'm going to get get, get you drunk. Was that Anthony in New Hampshire? Uh, he's not wrong. Like the press release very clearly states, he's not just going to be involved with baseball. I didn't say just with baseball. I, I I hope it's just with baseball, but the press release reads differently. So he may advise on other things or have input on other things. I think he's going to have especially strong input on the Red Sox. At least that's my hope. And you know, maybe I, maybe I am wish casting, as Mego said, or gaslighting, like the caller said. But I can't sit here and beg for Theo for five years and then rip the move when he's back. Are you gaslighting? Can you be woke and a gaslighter? Are you a woke gaslighting radio host right now? Yeah, sure. Just can, thinking of all the buzzwords. You can definitely be both. Throw one in, Arcan. What's another one? Um, snowflake. Yeah, you're a woke, <laughs> a woke gaslighting snowflake. snowflake. That's me. Uh, 617-779-7937. Uh, you can jump in on whether or not Theo Epstein can save the Red Sox. I hope he can. I think he can. Uh, what do you guys think? More on the Red Sox if you want to dial us up. We're going to get to the Celtics next hour. Steve Belichick sounds like he's on the way out with the Pats. And furthermore, we have follow-up thoughts on Alex Van Pelt, news that broke yesterday during Jones and Mego with Arkan that we reacted to, and we want to circle back to the fit of Alex Van Pelt as the Patriots' offensive coordinator and play caller. That's next. W-E-E-I. W-E-E-I. New England Sports Original. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say W-E-E-I's a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of Jones and Mego on W-E-E-I. I feel better about it. No insult to Nick Cayley. I feel better about it than I would have if it was Nick Cayley. Um, Alex Van Pelt has been a coordinator, as you said, for Cleveland since 2020. He cycled through a number of different quarterbacks, including this year Joe Flacco, bringing him in off the street. And yes, he's a very experienced quarterback, but you still have to get him up to speed. They cycled through Deshaun Watson down to backup quarterbacks and got them ready to go. Tommy Curran last night on Early Edition, the hire of Alex Van Pelt. Patriots offensive coordinator. He's been a play caller for all of two games in his career. One good, one bad. Won a playoff game against Pittsburgh. Lost a regular season game as well. Uh, so we'll get to your thoughts on this along with our big question of the day. You still want to jump in on Theo. Can he save the Red Sox? 
Up now at Jones and Mego. 56% of you say no. Glass half full. Negative party poopers. I think he can. And I think if nothing else, he can get the ear of John Henry. Uh, so we'll continue to work our way through that at 617-779-7937. I agree with Curran on this, Mego. Like, Alex Van Pelt, not a great hire. I don't but, think that's what Kern was saying. <laughs> but it's better than Nick Cayley, and it's better than Josh McDaniels. So that's what I agree with. Like, he was not even close to the best candidate for the job. I think the Patriots let you know. This guy was plan effing Z. And I think they wanted Nick Cayley more than they wanted this guy, and Cayley said no. But I would prefer this guy to Nick Cayley, and... That's a low bar to clear, but that's where I'm at with it. It's not the worst possible hire, but it ain't a good one. I haven't seen or heard anything about whether an offer was made to another candidate, so I can't say whether or not somebody else turned them down. I wonder if they, if he wasn't on their radar. And you can say that that's a bad sign in itself if you don't feel good about Alex Van Pelt having this job. How did he get on their radar? Well, he apparently had a very good interview with no, the no. Bucks, who was highly thought of there and he was sought after by the Raiders reportedly but I'm saying how did he get on there if he wasn't on their radar initially how did he get on my guess is people said no people who they actually had on their radar that they wanted said well I I would totally guess I would speculate that they went into the situation going we're going to get somebody from the Shanahan tree or the McVeigh tree because we want to move our offense into one of those directions and a lot of those candidates were not fitting the way that Gerard Mayo or anybody else involved thought that they were fitting or they were getting jobs elsewhere and saying this Patriots job is pretty low on my list of destinations I want to be in. So they had to cast a wider net. And maybe that's your way of saying, okay, it's plan Z or whatever. Sometimes you trip and fall into the right situation. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, He may work out. I I don't feel great about him working out, but he may work out. This wasn't their plan. Uh, Let me hear Phil Perry. On Alex Van Pelt, uh, this is last night in the Patriots Talk podcast. They did an emergency podcast, uh, both he and Tommy Curran. And, uh, well, here's what he's heard about Alex Van Pelt as a fit on the coaching In terms of the culture, he's going to be what Gerard Mayo is looking for in that. And I'll just pull up some of the quotes um, from the person that I spoke to today. Phenomenal culture guy. I told him that this person, that there had been some instances of, of infighting and sniping at coaches and the media and scuffles behind the scenes that we've heard about over the course of the last couple of years, Tom. And this person who knows Van Pelt well said he is the opposite of that. He is as loyal and as team-oriented and as easy to get along with as anyone in the NFL. And he has a great presence too. So he's not just this jolly quarterbacks, coach whisperer type of guy who's just happy-go-lucky all the time. He has real presence. He has real authority, great in front of the room. Okay. So he's a good guy. That's something. Can he call plays? He's done it twice. He's been in the league 30 years almost. 30 years. He's been uh, a play caller uh, once before, going all the way back to like 2009 in Buffalo, something like that. Yeah. And then he called plays literally two games in Cleveland. One was a playoff game they won against Pittsburgh with Baker Mayfield. Another, uh, Stefanski was out with COVID, regular season game that they lost. I think they scored 14 points. I also didn't love this. I read this from Phil Perry today. He says, one element to Van Pelt's approach to coaching quarterbacks is he teaches his players to stagger their stance with their left foot forward in the shotgun to help with timing and rhythm of play calls as passers make their drops. Brian, thumbs up in the back. 
Were you said? Were you telling me the other day the Bears did this with Fields too? Like they put his weird fo- his left foot forward. Okay, so Brian oddly was telling me about this the other day. Apparently, Van Pelt does the same thing. It can be a change for some players, but it's not viewed as a major technique quirk. Quote: People will make a big deal out of that," said one source who worked with Van Pelt. <laughs> mm, people, <laughs> but it's really not. Van Pelt just feels it helps his guys with their footwork and roots. So he's already got this quirky thing. He doesn't call plays. There's also this when a source close to Van Pelt was asked whether or not he would prefer one quarterback over another at the top of this year's draft for scheme-based reasons. The source said, no preference. We all want someone who can throw from the pocket. Anything a guy does outside of that athletically is a bonus. Mm. Van Pelt has his beliefs, but if they go in that direction, and I imagine they will, he'll just want the best player and he'll tailor things to whatever the guy does best. I like that last part. But pocket passer, mobility is a bonus. I don't don't like hearing that from this guy. I think you're missing the overall takeaway from this. If what? you want to look at the immediate future, they brought in a quarterback's guy. Yeah. They're taking a quarterback I, in the first round. I if thought, you don't see that by now, if you think that they're going to go out and get somebody else, yeah, like... Mego, I already thought that before they hired this guy. Mac. Yeah, Mayo told us that like two weeks ago. I mean, I thought... I thought well, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, they're just going to run it back with Mac. They're going to go get Marvin Harrison Jr. Yesterday, we spent half the show talking about would they trade for Justin Fields. I don't think... Everyone feels like that's necessarily a done deal. No, no, I, but I feel that way. I said if they don't love these quarterbacks. And I think this is a major indicator. This is a quarterback's guy. He's essentially been an elevated or less elevated quarterback's coach yeah. Have we at, at every aspect of his career. Should we give this guy the benefit of the doubt based on the quarterbacks he's worked with, Arkin? No, I don't think so. I don't either. He, it's not like Deshaun Watson really took off with him or anything, and there's you know other examples. He, worked with, he worked with Rodgers, but Rodgers, it was 2014. Rodgers had already, I think, won an MVP. and a super. He definitely won a Super Bowl by that point. he did have that one good season with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland where Baker was a uh, pro bowler, and that was great. But, I mean, he fell off the year after that, and then they shipped him out of town. Yeah, and Baker's a pro bowler again without him. So that, so yeah. So it's probably that, Baker, that not too. him. And also, I mean... You know, for all the things we talked about, and I know Nick Cayley doesn't necessarily like check all these boxes either, but he does check some of them. He's young. He did work with McVay. This guy's an older sort of traditional quarterbacks guy, and if we're looking for a traditional quarterback uh, offense, then fine. But I, I don't know. I was sort of hoping they'd go a, a different way than that. And listen, I'm one who yesterday was liking this more than I like it now. Part of it's because I listened to Andy Hart on the ride home last <laughs> night. Oh my god! I don't know if you heard him. He was unbelievable. <laughs> no, no I heard. And, and look, that I, was tremendous, by the way. I, I already was like, this guy's plan he Z. Hated. But Andy and Keith helped talk me out of uh, Alex Van Pelt. I still like him better than die. Kaylee. <laughs> I still like him better than Kaylee. I still like him better than Josh McDaniels. That doesn't mean he's a great fit. Uh, meanwhile, there's this story. Field Yates, a pair of Patriots assistant coaches, are interviewing for defensive jobs on Jed Fish's staff at the University of Washington today. Outside linebacker coach Steve Belichick, also the uh, defensive play caller, and running back Vinny Sunseri, running, running back's coach, rather, uh, Vinny Sunseri. Belichick called plays, blah, blah, blah. Uh, our buddy Jake in Boston would like to weigh in on Steve Belichick. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, I'll confirm that report. Not only did they go out there Thank for you. interviews, they were wined and dined last night. Very nice restaurant in Seattle. Are you, uh, can I just interrupt? Are you whining and dining yourself right now? Like, yeah, what, are you, what are you eating? Yeah, what are you doing? I, I just put in a dove promise to, to <laughs> fire myself up for this call, so I apologize. You Good. caught me off guard there. I thought you were going to rant for five minutes before going to me. <laughs> well, usually that's um, the case. Exactly. So there was also an Instagram story last night that was deleted that mentioned it was from either Jen or Casey, I forget which one, that mentioned it was celebratory. So you don't go out there for an interview with your wife unless you're looking at schools, unless you're looking at housing. Like, this wasn't a... This wasn't a one-off. This was a serious interview. And my guess is the job is going to be there. Best part of this is 
that program is going to be so, so bad last year. They lost everyone. They're moving into a super conference in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah. so look, Jake, I don't care about the University of Washington. and what it's, he, He's gone. Steve Belichick is gone. I just wanted to make sure, like, at the end of that call that he was able to, like, chew. You want to make sure he doesn't that? choke? Yeah, yeah, Jake, Jake, uh, yeah, make sure make sure when your mouth is full like that you have uh, somebody else around. I case. just put in a dove promise. What's a dove <laughs> promise? I, I don't know. If is I'm being that honest, one of the little know. candies that has a little fortune on the foil? I have no idea. That says, like, treat I, yourself today. I, I'm telling you, I don't know. So, Steve Belichick is gone, I think. And it's just another sign that whatever their vision was, like Reese wrote a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Steve Belichick could be a special advisor to Gerard Mayo. And I don't care about losing Steve Belichick, by the way. Like, whatever. Go to Washington. It's weird that only college football wants. Nobody in the NFL wants Steve Belichick. Weird. Who could have seen that coming? So I don't care they're losing him. But their plan was to have Steve Belichick stay on board. He doesn't want to. Their plan was Nick Cayley. Doesn't want to come here. So, like, their plan, and I think their plan stunk. They can't even execute their stinky plan. That's the real story with what's going on. 617-779-7937. 617-779-7937. More on Alex Van Pelt, Steve Belichick's exit, and we should also add that Caleb Williams apparently hates the idea of going to the Bears, reportedly. Should the Patriots pounce on Caleb Williams? Uh, we'll get to that with your phone calls next. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.